Well, you all know, at least I think you all know, that I enjoy backpacking. And I also enjoy being out there by myself, whether it's with a group or by myself. I enjoy being out there. I enjoy the challenges. I enjoy the beauty. Most of all, I enjoy getting away from everything. Everything of daily life is here. When I'm in the woods, I am in the woods. There's nothing but trees. Someone once said in the group, well, it's just trees and trails. That's all you see. It doesn't matter how fast you go. There's a lot more in the woods than trees and trail. There is a lot to observe. There are so many wonders that God has provided for us to look at that point us to him. And I just love getting away and leaving this behind to go there and focus on him. Casey Lyons talked about the night. And the night does hide everything in the woods. You know, we're so used to being around here and there's always a light somewhere. You truly cannot get into the darkness here. But in the woods, you can get into the darkness. Reality begins to disappear. The shadows begin to move in. First you get the shadows from twilight. Then you get the shadows from maybe the moon if the moon is out. Noises start to come up. The noise begins to amplify. You hear the animals move. You might hear the coyotes howl. You hear the raccoons scurry and maybe you hear the heavy footsteps of a bear. But everything amplifies and changes when it's dark. Add a little wind to that to rustle in the leaves of the tree or blow and make some noise. And if you have the moon out, the shadows cast on your tent and you see the arm waving or whatever else is your mind can imagine that is creeping up. But everything changes. Where my mind goes, there I go. Or where your mind goes, there you go. If I have my mind fixed on Jesus, I am fixed in his protection. But my mind becomes filled with substitutions. The substitution for what reality is and what truth is. What I have placed in my mind over time starts to come out. Those scary movies, all the bad things happen at night. We can literally let the stories that we've heard, the scary and spooky stories, the things people have heard about and told you, well, don't you know this happened in this campsite? You know, if you go alone, you know, you can get attacked by a bear. You know, those bobcats will trail you. You know, the mountain lions, they'll tell you and watch you. All those things can start to play with your mind if we let it. If we're not secure in what we are, if we haven't, as we sang or talked about, put on the armor. Substitution. You know, we substitute our thoughts for reality. I've had the word substitute for a long time. That's the word the Lord gave me when I'm suddenly one day substitute. You talk on substitute. I'm like, okay, sure. 
kept coming back and coming back and coming back. I could not get away from it. So substitute it is. Internet definition of substitute. A person or thing acting or serving in the place of another. Simply one thing replacing another. When we think of substitute or substitution, we always think of maybe in a lesser sense that when there's a team out on the football field playing, someone gets injured, they send a sub in, someone to replace them. So their first string player is now hurt, and so now they had to send in a second string player. We think of the lesser. When you go to the store and you want a specific item, then you go to the shelf and that spot where you always get it is empty. And they tell you, well, try this over here. It's just as good. We substitute. And that's what substitution is, is replacing things. When I read, in, read the intro online for Backpacker Magazine, I really wanted to read the whole article. And it's blocked out. You don't get to read the whole thing. They tease you so that you buy their, their subscription. But as I copied to paste these pages or these paragraphs onto my pages, the whole article appeared. So score, I can talk about a lot of different things here. They'll, he's going to have lots of good content. First two paragraphs, that's all that applied. You know, we start to think, I can substitute this for this. Well, we're going to go with what the Lord has placed on me. And even as I had this article, I didn't have the answer to what I was looking for. What is it, Lord? Yesterday, I spent the whole day preparing, getting ready, going over it, talking to myself, giving myself the message. Something was missing. What's the point? What's the point of all this? So this morning I went out on my walk. I know, it should be a run, but that's a story for another time. As I was walking in the darkness, in the night, and yes, I like to get up early, I'm walking in the darkness and I'm looking and I'm praying and I'm listening. It's about the night. It's about the night. This is what I got. We can't see in the night. We can't see in the darkness. We focus on the noises. It used to be, you know, the bump in the night. What is that noise? The unknown. Those scary movies. And then we let our minds play with us. It's the darkness, that unknown, that thing that we can't see, the thing that we can't understand, the thing that we can't grasp, the thing that we know that is out there or that we imagine is out there that really isn't. And it's in that darkness, in that place, the one we can't see. I'd like to read Philippians 4, 4 through 8. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think. What are we thinking about? We're not supposed to be thinking about what's out there in the darkness. We're supposed to be thinking about the good things. We're substituting, again, we're substituting the pure for what's out there. You know, normally when I hear these verses, normally it's Philippians 4, 6 through 8. We want to start out with do not be anxious about anything. But really verses 4 and 5 is what the anchor is. How do we not be anxious? Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. By rejoicing in the Lord and resting in Him, we cannot be anxious. We can avoid that uneasiness. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do we remember that the Lord is near? Or have we substituted, where are you, God? Where have you gone? I can't find you. Is that what we do? It's easy to forget that God is near. When we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He has put the Holy Spirit in us. He is with us always through all things. And it sure is easy to substitute rejoicing in the Lord for my substitution of what I'm going through, my thoughts, the way I think things should be, putting my righteousness in place of His, my knowledge in place of His. And I know I do it all the time, do not be anxious, but I sure substitute my anxiousness in. I worry. I get stressed. My blood pressure was probably up pretty high last night as I was thinking about this and watching the Ohio State football game. Got to be too much for me. I had to get away. But anxiousness comes in because we don't know. We wonder and we forget. You know, Bobby McFerrin wrote the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Everybody remember that? Don't worry, be happy. You know, feel good song, but it really doesn't tell us what it is that we should do. He tells us, Don't worry about it because it's just going to make it worse. But he doesn't give us the answer of how not to worry. Really doesn't give us much help. So I had to look what what does rejoicing in the Lord mean? 
And if I'd ask each and every one of you here what rejoicing in the Lord is, you would probably all give me a different answer. But let's look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign God is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Rejoicing. Though the fig tree does not bud. That probably means the fig tree is dead. It's not coming to bud. There are no grapes on the vines. Drink, food, the olive crop fails, no oil. No food. Though there are no sheep, that means there's no wool to make clothes. There's no sheep for food. There's no cattle in the stalls. No hamburger, no steak. Definitely no prime rib. But there is nothing. But Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. He's going to be joyful in the Lord because the Lord is his strength. Not Habakkuk's strength, not my strength, but God's strength, the Lord's strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. I'm going to be running really fast again soon. He enables me to tread on the heights. You think about heights, do you think about, oh, that's a comfortable place to be? You like climbing way up high, being in those areas where the earth is way down below? It can be pretty scary. I'm okay to a certain point, but after a certain point, those heights get the best of me. But yet, in the strength of God, I can go there. Why rejoice? It's God's strength, not my strength. It's God's ability, the hope that he has given each and every one of us, the hope that he has put before us. He is our provider. He is our protector. He enables me to go where I cannot go, where I do not think I can go. He enables me to go. He makes the pathway clear and straight and ready for us to go. But do I turn around and go back to what's wrong? Why did this happen? This just isn't right. Do I begin substituting 
what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing for what God has. God's word is truth. And if God's worth is truth, then God is my strength and gives me the abilities. A few weeks ago, Heather Pueller was here. Pretty touching when she was talking about she had decided to give up her finger. She was just done with it. Done with the pain, done with the suffering, done with the agony. She was done with it moving on. But for those of us that were here, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed the calm and peace that she talked about that. It was no big deal. At least it didn't seem like to her. I'm going to be done with this. This is going to be behind me. After the service is when I really got ministered to. There was Heather back here, and there were the group of children. And Heather was explaining to them exactly what the doctors were going to do, how it was going to make her better, how this was going to be over, and it was all going to be okay. That was strength. And then I saw little Taya give Heather this great big huge hug. The love of God being transferred from such a little one to an adult saying, this is all going to be okay. I've got you. Heather could have been telling us about how frustrated she was how she was praying to be healed, how her finger just wasn't cooperating, could have gone down all those paths. But there wasn't any complaining in her voice. There was no complaining to the children, no complaining to us, no complaining to those of us that went to talk with her afterwards. Just that reassurance that this is going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. How could she walk in such peace, such comfort? Because she had put on that full armor of God. She had put on that protection that was around her. And some may argue, well, she must have had some armor down because, you know, her finger's gone now. But she's healed, she's whole, she's in peace. She stood firm in the love that she knows that God has for her. She wasn't letting the devil have any of that. She wasn't giving in. She was not going to step back. She was standing firm in who she was and who God made her to be. She's in God's protection. It's all okay. You're okay. You know, that darkness moving in around us, that period of twilight in the evening, you know, we think about that. But where is this world today? 
Are we in that period of twilight? Is that darkness moving in? Things are beginning to fade. It's getting harder and harder as we go to see what's right and what's wrong. What really is out there? Those lines are becoming more and more blurred all the time. There's not as much light in the world, or at least so we think, to shine on the truth to show us that truth path. The light is still there. Some would say maybe it's not as pure a light as what it was. Maybe it's been washed or filtered and the color has been changed. We need to carry the light. We need to be the ones carrying the light. If you go out in the darkness and look up at the sky, you'll see the light in the sky. Even on the nights that the moon is not there, the stars are there. The light that God has put in the sky, up in the universe to show us the way, the light is there. We need to carry that light to be that light in the darkness. When Moses was talking to the Israelites, he said to impress on your children the commandments, the Word of God. Talk to them about it. Talk about it in your homes. Talk about it in bed. Write it on your door frames. Write it on your gates. We've got to carry that Word with us. We need to make it inside of us. We need to make it the part that comes out when the darkness comes so that when we go through those dark times or those times when we're looking into what we believe is darkness and it's going, what, why, how? We have that peace that comes on us because we know God is with us and He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. But it's more important now than it ever has been to teach each other, to teach our children, to teach our grandchildren, our neighbors, our friends, to let them know. We can't put it off on the pastors. They didn't say pastors or priests go out and put it on the doorposts or the door frames or the gates. It's for us to do. It's for us to carry. Those shadows are moving in. The times are scary, or are they? When we know, then we know it's okay. We know what's coming. It's in the Bible. We have the Bible to tell us, to reassure us. But when we think about the darkness, we tend to get scared, or do we? As young children, we used to maybe be afraid of the dark or be concerned about what the dark is. But once we learned what's out there, what's really out there, we don't fear the darkness anymore. Part of my favorite part of a day is being out in the darkness. When we know that we know that we know what's out there, it's all okay when we begin to doubt, that's when fears start to creep in and we begin to drift away.
just brought to my memory of one time I'm out running on a country road. I used to get up at 3 in the morning to go out and run, so yes, I like it dark. And I run right down the middle of the road, don't worry about anything. And one of those nights in the shadows, all of a sudden I saw someone coming at me. Darted off into the cornfield. What's this person want? What's this person going to do? Why are they out here on this road in the middle of the night? Why are they hiding in a cornfield? It's amazing how your mind will play tricks on you when all it was was a deer. It was just a deer. But our minds will play tricks on us when we begin to imagine and think of those wouddas woulda, couldas, or the what ifs, or who's there, when I don't realize that I'm walking in the protection of God Most High, that irregardless of what happens, it's all going to be okay. You know, nighttime wasn't supposed to be scary. He put the stars in the sky to guide us. He put the stars in the sky to guide us. That meant we could be outside, right? It was that time for men to rest. Because I don't know about some of the rest of you. I know Isaac's one of those guys that, you know, if he could work 24-7, he would work 24-7. There's things to get done. And we want to do it. So we have the darkness, a time where things slow down and we come to rest. At least that's the way it used to be. You know, we have the moon to calculate the months, the years, how to know what season it is. Those things were put in the sky for a reason. You know, man kind of messed it all up when he decided to hide in the darkness and do things under the cover of darkness. But we have God's protection. I have to think that I haven't found any place in the scriptures yet where it tells me to focus on what the devil is doing. You know, it's just not there. I don't need to worry about what's going on out there. I really don't. Because I know God has me. If I want to focus on those things, then I'm going to start thinking about, oh, he's pretty powerful. He's going to do this to me. Oh, you know, he did that. You know, this happened, and, and now this is going to happen, and now that's going to happen, and that's going to happen. And there my mind goes. The goodness of God that we sang about. I don't know how those songs were picked, Jane. Well, I do. Holy Spirit put on you. But the goodness of God, that's what we are to think about. The goodness of God gets us through all those times when it looks like it's the bad times. He's going to take care of us and He provides for us. 
You know, those things that I think about, that's where I'm going to gravitate to. If I'm thinking about all the bad, I'm going to gravitate to the bad. I'm going to get drugged down, that gravitational pull that I think somebody talked about before. We're going to get pulled down rather than lifted up. If I lift up to what God has done for me, Satan would like nothing more than for me to focus on or focus my thoughts on what he's doing and spending my time thinking that I need to constantly fight him and looking at his alleged power than to focus on the true power and the true love that comes from Jesus Christ and what he's done for you and what he's done for me. Again, it's that substitution. We have the truth and we have the shadows. And we get to choose what we want to think about and what we're going to put in place. Habakkuk verse 19. you know, really tells me that the Lord is the one who provides my strength and my ability to conquer even the scariest of heights in the toughest of times. It's not me, it's not you, it's Him. It's Jesus Christ that provides. And we substitute God's abilities for our understanding. And we do that on a regular basis, or I should say, at least I do. Jesus may have said it best in Matthew 6.26. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. We can get caught up in the tough times or we can find the peace that we can't find on our own. We can only find through Him. God is always going to provide the way. We can rejoice in Him because He provides. You know, I said we often think that substitutes are not as good as the real thing or first string or however you want to look at it. But there is one substitute, one substitute that's better. And that's Jesus Christ when he substituted himself for what I deserve, for what we deserve. He paid the price and paid that price buying our redemption. So praise God unto him. We should have joy in us because of what he, done, what he has done regardless of everything else that has gone through. It's what he has done. God is going to provide the way and the ability for us to get through the twilight and the darkness. Why? Because God is love. What is the definition of love? You think about what is the definition of love a definition was given to me once, and that is wanting the very best for you. God wants the very best for each and every one of you. 
regardless of the circumstances we go through, God wants the very best for you. He is not far off. He is near. He is with you every day. Whether we think He's there or not, whether the shadows of darkness have come in and if we think He has hidden Him from us, He is there with us. He wants us to have His peace regardless of the circumstances. He doesn't want us to be anxious about anything but to trust in Him. To do that, I cannot substitute my thoughts for His thoughts regardless of how right I think I am. His thoughts trump everything. You are mighty people of God. Jerry, you are a mighty man of God. Kevin, mighty man of God. Gary, mighty man of God. You are all mighty men of God. Isaac, God is near to you. And I could go down and naming each one of you. He is near to you. And he wants you to know him in a way that goes beyond understanding. He is there for you and will meet you wherever you are at. Regardless of what low point you're at or where you think you can't find him or get to him, he will come to you if you ask. You know, we sang, God is faithful yesterday, now, and always. He is. He is so faithful. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for giving us this place that we can share. Lord, I thank you for being with me, providing the strength for me to get up here and speak this morning. Father, I thank you that the people that are here came regardless of how they're feeling or what they're experiencing. Lord, you are love. Your love knows no bounds. Your love touches each and every one of us, even when we can't feel it. Lord, I just thank you that you have put the praise inside each of us. Hallelujah unto you, Lord God. May glory come unto you. Amen. If anyone has concern, prayer request, we'll be up here for you. Now's the time. Unload those burdens. Let them go. Give them to Him. Be free. Walk in peace. Thank you.